Hello, and welcome to Boo Covery, where East meets West as we learn from Buddhist psychology how to deal with mental health and health issues. And now your hosts, Tyler Woods and Sharon Francis. Hi, I'm Sharon Francis. And this is Tyler Woods, and welcome to Boo Covery on Anchor FM. We like to think that in recovery uh, with mental health, uh, Buddhist psychology really helps. And so that is what this show is about. What we're trying to do is integrate some Buddhist principles into our daily mental health treatment and hopefully share some of the, the things that we've learned and some of the tools that we use on our daily path um, that we have in our own toolbox. Right. And in our last show, we talked about the Four Noble Truths, which is the foundation of Buddhism. And today we'll talk about the Eightfold Path. And the Eightfold Path is really just a recipe for living your life. It uh, gives you kind of a guideline on Buddhist principles um, to use in your everyday life. Right, and the Eightfold Path is at the heart of what was called the Middle Way, which turns from extremes and encourages us to seek a simple approach. It's not complicated. Isn't that what we need when we're mentally not feeling well? You know, the Buddha described it as a way that leads to uprooting the cause of suffering. And then we become stable and peaceful, which, you know, makes us not have depression and anxiety and fears as much as we have joy and we experience wisdom and virtue. Buddha taught that the cure to disease or suffering is by not trying to govern us with a bunch of can't-dos, but by coaching us on what we should be doing, and that's the principles of the Eightfold Path. That would be the right understanding, the right intent, the right speech, the right action, the right livelihood, the right effort, the right mindfulness, and the right concentration. So let's take a look at that. That's eight steps. But let's take a look at them briefly, step by step. Again, if you go to youtube.com and look at Buddha Bits, they will explain this very thoroughly. And this really is a great way to stop our suffering. In the first step of the Eightfold Path is the right understanding, or as some call it, the right view. Now, right view occurs when we see things simply as they are. It's an open and accommodating attitude. We abandon hope and fear and take joy in the simple, straightforward approaches to life. It really is that simple. The second point of the path is called the right intention. If we're able to abandon our expectations, our hopes and fears, we can stop our suffering. We, we, we let intention go to anger and greed. We don't have to try to con situations into our preconceived notions of how things should be. We work with things the way they are in the here and now. Buddha says that we are what we are because of what we think. Mm. What goes on inside our minds, our thought processes, determine our course of action. That is so true, Sharon. And then we go into the third aspect, and that's the path of the right speech. Buddha asked his followers to speak truth, to avoid slander and gossip. Harsh words that can cause distress or offend others should be avoided while also staying clear of this mindless idle chatter that uh, we play on ourselves because I think that mindless chatter 
really plays a vital role on our mental health. And I think I think a lot of times we do that because of anxiety. And I think you're absolutely. If right. you're practicing the these um, these techniques, then you probably will reduce your anxiety and may find yourself more able to stop that mindless chatter. You are spot on. The fourth point on the path is the right discipline. That involves giving up our tendency to complicate things. We practice simplicity. It means an ethical approach to anything that you intend to take action on. And that ethical action that is full of integrity is about approaching any task, anything that is laid before you with an honoring of the connection and honoring of the integrity that is the right action, even something as simple as washing the dishes. No, that's a great example. Just simplify things. Yeah, take an, you know, take an ethical approach to washing your dishes and see how clean they get. <laughs> <laughs> Let's tell that to your, uh, our husbands or wives or right. whoever, right? <laughs> the fifth step is, is really the, the right livelihood. Now, this one's interesting. Um, it's, it's having what we do for our living, like how we, what we do in our day, whether you're retired, whether it's your job, the truth is, is we should be, I, I know so many people who are like, I hate Mondays, I hate going to work and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And really the fifth step on this path would be that we should be grateful for our job, whatever it is. We should form a simple relationship with it. And we need to perform our job or our retirement or whatever it is we do with attention to detail. Engage in moral work and do no harm to others and do no harm to yourself, such as, I hate my job, I hate going there, it makes me sick. If it's making you sick, then find another job. Absolutely. And I was in a class one day where they talked about this in terms of um, some professions are not um, really congruent with a Buddhist lifestyle. For instance, the executioner uh, yeah. in a prison, sure. uh, any job that would um, cause harm to another sentient being. If you have the opportunity to do work that um, improves the human condition, by all means do so because you accumulate merit in that way. Well, and, and like, you know, Sharon, a, a little bit of history, and maybe one of our shows should be our history about how we got into this, but, you know, I was in re I'm in recovery, and I've been sober 28 years, and I can't say my life was so great. Um, before, I played in a band, I toured, I did all kinds of stuff, but here's the bottom line. It wasn't until I got my degrees and I started working with people that I actually found that my whole life was fulfilling and it became a spiritual path for me. So I think that's what this um, path is trying to tell us. Well, also, too, if you're Buddhist and you're trying to improve the human condition and you can do that and make a living at the same time, it's like a win-win situation. You're no actually getting kidding. paid for advancing your own spiritual practice, no which, kidding. you know, I can't complain about that as a nurse. Yeah, and I think, Sharon, where does that lead us next? The sixth aspect of the path is the right effort. Now, the right effort doesn't involve struggle at all. When we see things as we are, we can work with them gently, which helps us avoid that which will lead to suffering. Basically, we have to train our mind to think in the right direction if we wish to become better human beings. It's about taking control of your mind and the contents thereof. Well, and I think that's why 
It's so important to remember that Buddhism is not only a practice, but it's a discipline. And when I want to like take, for instance, if I'm going to have anxiety or I want to get angry, I have to uh, practice or use my discipline so that I don't let that happen. I agree. I mean, you don't automatically stop having those thoughts and feelings just because you're trying to practice a spiritual path. You still have the same thoughts and feelings as anyone else. You've just found a way to pay attention to the ones that serve you and pay no attention to the ones that don't. Yeah, and I want to say one thing about the sixth, uh, the sixth path, um, which is the right effort, and that is it's such a simple, direct practice. It's what it takes, the developing of good mental habits. When bad thoughts and impulses arise, I think they should be abandoned. But we hold on to them, we cling to them, we become attached to them. And this is done by watching our thoughts. And, and we have to remember, we need to watch our thoughts and not be attached to them. Otherwise, we have to start recognizing um, our, our denial of certain things. Um, good thoughts and impulses, on the other hand, should be nurtured and enhanced. And that is what this, um, the right effort is all about. It's about gaining control over our thoughts and replacing the unpleasant ones with the positive ones. And we've talked about this in, in podcasts in the past, how all day long our thoughts come and go like waves rising and falling on an ocean. And so the ones that we grasp onto and give power to are the ones that are going to guide the way we feel. Yep. So if we choose to attach to the negative ones, we're going to feel negative. We're going to have bad thoughts. We're going to have anxiety. We're going to have feelings of depression and anger. Yep. So we need to acknowledge them and let, th let them go. So I think that leads us to the seventh path, which is the right mindfulness. Now the seventh path involves precision and clarity, it really does. We are mindful of the tiniest details of our um, experiences. We need to be mindful of the way we talk, the way we perform our jobs, even our posture, our attitude towards family, friends, bosses, every detail. That's really about being conscious. Buddha suggested to his followers to focus mentally on their emotions, their mental facilities, and their capabilities while staying away from all the desires and the distraction. That's a tough one. It is. And the last and final step, the eighth one, is the right concentration. It's the absorption of the eighth point of the path. Yep. Usually we're absorbed in absent-mindedness. No this one's about concentration. Mm -hmm. It's about um, keeping our minds focused and absorbing the positivity in the things that we're thinking about. And this could only happen if you have some sort of discipline, such as sitting meditation. Mm -hmm. We might even say that without the discipline of sitting meditation, you can't walk the Eightfold Path. Sitting meditation cuts through absent-mindedness and provides a space or gap in the preoccupation with ourselves. Um, my teacher describes it as a place where we can get in touch with the natural state of our mind, which is peace, peace mm -hmm. of mind, equanimity. And not to worry that if you're not familiar with sitting meditations, they say 20, 20 minutes several times a day, but if you can only get in two or three minutes, 
boy, that's two or three minutes. And with practice, you'll get more. So that's the eightfold path. And it really, the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path go hand in hand. And the main idea with the Eightfold Path is to live and think and act in a healthier manner. Then this promotes the conditions for happiness. And honestly, Sharon, if we're happy, we have better mental health. I agree completely. So this is Tyler Woods saying a walk in peace. And this is Sharon Francis saying don't forget to breathe. <laughs>